Jeff, it is another week. We are here. And I think this might be my favorite intro that we have had. I don't know what I sound like right now. I can't find my headphones. I don't know yeah. where to my my microphone. We we need to invest. This is the year we are going to. We're going to invest. You're in your house now. We talked about this before you moved. And then the holidays happened. But we're going to get some actual podcasting microphones and kind of get a little, little bit more of a, a studio setup here. But I think I have found our greatest intro article since we started this whole thing. I'm ready. Okay. Here, I, let, me, let me read this article, this headline to you, okay? Yeah, I'm ready. LAPD officers fired for ignoring robbery to catch a Snorlax in Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Luis Lozano and Eric Mitchell, former police officers for the city of Los Angeles, filed a petition against the city of LA last week for being fired in 2017 after they were found to have ignored an ongoing robbery call in order to attempt to catch a Snorlax, another Pokemon in the middle in the mobile game of Pokemon Go. The officers claimed that the city acted improperly by using in-car recordings of them during the disciplinary process. So they have cameras in the car to make sure cops don't do anything stupid and they got caught doing something stupid. And now they're mad about it. According to the appeal court judgment published Friday um, of last week, on April 15, 2017, the LAPD received a call of a robbery in progress at the Macy's and the Crenshaw Mall. Mall. According to testimony from the LAPD Sergeant Gomez, he answered the call and called for backup. When they, with them not responding, Gomez sought further information from the officers after the events of the call, who claimed they had not heard his call for backup doing, due to being in a loud area of the city. They and Gomez, the sergeant, instituted a review of the in-car recording of the officers finding that they had heard the radio call and even discussed whether or not to respond and assistant LAPD captain Davenport with the robbery situation. Further reviews of the recordings by detectives found that the two officers were playing Pokemon Go and were pursuing a Snorlax on 46th and Limer instead of doing their jobs. They also reportedly spotted a Togetic, which they successfully captured, unlike the suspects that were they were supposed to be pursuing. Oh, so they didn't catch the Snorlax either, did they? Um, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so because the two, the two I played all... a I played a fair amount of Pokemon Go, and I get it. I totally get it. Those Snorlax. If I saw a Snorlax pop up on Pokemon Go, I would have dropped just about everything to yeah. go get it. So the rundown: the two were ultimately fired for. One, failing to respond to the, a robbery call. Two, making misleading statements to their sergeant. Three, failing to respond over radio when their unit was called. Mm. Four, failing to handle an assigned radio call. Five, playing Pokemon Go on the job while on patrol. Six, making false statements to Detective McClanahan during the investigation. Yeah, well, so they're screwed. Yeah, it says, you know, they they were found guilt they were guilty of multiple counts of misconduct and quote willfully abdicated their duty to assist a commanding officer's response to a robbery in progress and playing a pokemon mobile game while on duty they claim that the city violated the law by using the in-car recording in the proceedings and denying the protections afforded by the pobra act which affords specific rights to peace officers the court disagreed with their claim so they will remain fired yeah i mean that is peak california you caught me doing something stupid and fired me, but the way you caught me was not okay. Oh, yes. Oh, they also, part of their appeal, last thing before, they denied playing Pokemon Go and said that they were simply monitoring the Pokemon tracker application mm. on their phones, which is different from playing Pokemon Go. 
Hey, man, like I say, I get it. I was in the middle of some sort of a Christmas party with family when, what, what was it? It wasn't a Charmander and it wasn't a Charizard. What's the mid-tier? Charmeleon. Yes, Charmeleon, yeah. When, when he appeared in my cul-de-sac and I exited the family party to go chase that guy around, he was about a mile away from my house and, and I went and found him. Would you rather be stuck at a mall during a robbery mm. and locked down or be stuck at a family gathering with extended family around the holidays? Good question. Seems like an easy answer. I would probably say the mall because most robberies aren't violent. Like, what do I care if a mall is getting robbed? Fine. So I just kind of hang out and chill. I can deal with that. But the, is, are your family gatherings violent? Well, no, but in my head, they, they kind of are. Yeah, they could be. Garrett, I got a question for you. We scooped the New York Post. You did. I, no, we did not. Your <laughs> wife. My wife Bless did. her heart. Yes. She scooped. She was on top of this. And what do we call it? JMZ. Is that what we call it? And <laughs> yeah, Jessica MZ. Yes. I, I did like Adam Jeffter, but she's not jeff and i didn't do it so Ooh, i think adam jeffter is uh anytime you you have a nugget of something that's adam yeah. jeffter. I, I i like it i need to i need to implement that zach wilson eligible he's an eligible bachelor and the question that i have for you is he the most eligible bachelor in the nfl right now Oh, um, I don't even, I don't know who else is single. I don't either, but here's what I know. My wife, I think, I mean, she loves me. I know she loves me, but we were talking about one Zach Wilson not too long ago. And she said, quote, he's too hot to even be real. So that's, that's the level of hotness that Zach is. So your wife has two types. It's either Zach Wilson or Andy Reid. Yeah. And I think most people would probably put those like on a scale. Like most yeah. people would probably say yeah. on a scale of Andy Reid to Zach Wilson. Well, what can well, I say? Would... <laughs> she's, but... she's a, she's a woman of extremes. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't matter which one. So she says he's too hot to even be real. And according to firstsports.com, sports with a Z. No, that's Zach, how you know. Yeah. That's how you know. Zach's estimated net worth is currently between 10 and $11 million. He has a contract with the jets that will pay him up to $58.09 million. He has, you know, a number of endorsement deals that have paid him who knows how many, you know, million some odd dollars. So he he's clearly got money. He comes from a reasonable amount of money, not even jet blue, put all that stuff aside. Mike and Lisa Wilson, they, you know, they're living in Draper. They have a nice home. They're, they're not, they're not bajillionaires. Zach wasn't spoiled. He had to earn everything he got, but you know, they're not living on the streets either. So he's got money. He's got good looks that are apparently so good. It's not even real. He's 22 years old and he's super famous. He is the quarterback of the New York Jets. And while the Jets suck, that is still the premier town or the premier football team in yeah. one of America's best, biggest, brightest cities. Yeah. 
Is he the most eligible bachelor? I think he might be genuine. I think so too. Dude, here's the thing. Let's pretend Zach takes the Jets to levels that the Jets have not been at in a while. Broadway's are you saying that he's gonna be Broadway Zach? No, no, because he got weird. I'm saying there is a non-zero chance that he is bigger than Derek Jeter. Uh, well, that is a bold statement. Dude, America loves football. And I know New York loves the Yankees and he was the captain. Like there was staying power with Jeter. But if Zach somehow takes the Jets to the Super Bowl and wins a Super Bowl, like look at Joe Namath. He did it once a million years ago right. and he's still the man. I yeah, I, I think he could get there, man. He's got the looks. He's got the money. If he has the Super Bowl ring and the fame that comes with it. Look, and here's the thing. Abby Gile, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's not a listener of the Give Him Hell, Break Him podcast. And if she was, she's probably I, I, I would, I'm going on a limb and say that Zabby in their entirety was never, neither of them were are listening. That's true because the Z of Zabby did try to, you know, sue us. Yes. So somebody listened. Somebody at least knows where we exist. This is true. Abby Gile, she's not bad looking herself. Right. I mean, I think we can all say this. It feels weird because she's like 20 and we're old and fat, but she's, she's not bad looking herself. And uh, Zach apparently, like it's fine, you know, he's he's gonna be okay. Right. I had a prediction. Is um, is your prediction that she's gonna go on the bachelor? That is a hundred percent my prediction. I have in fact I'm almost confident in that prediction. I think she's from I don't know if she's from Draper or if she's from like Lone Peak Alpine area. She went to uh she she went to Brighton. To Brighton. So okay. She lives up on a mountain, you know, somewhere in that region. Pick a pick a spot. She lives up on a mountain. The only thing that has me waffling in this uh, in this prediction is she did delete her Instagram. In fact, she deleted all social media. She has completely nuked it oh. after the New York Post published a story today. Well, so that's because people are ruthless on the internet. Like, and she- they're nuts. Yeah, her like DMs were like, full of penises without question. Yes, I can't like every time she opened up a DM, there was a 78% chance that it was gonna be a dick. And, and it really sucks because she should not have to deal with that, right? Like uh-uh. her life is on although it's like when I did look there, she she did have like she, she had like 25,000 followers. Yeah, she was a 25,000 followers. She like she's gonna be fine. Like this isn't, I mean, obviously it sucks. They've been dating for like I think since like he was in high school. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously she wasn't one of the two people that he took to prom, but like, you know, she, uh, they, I, they've known each other since high school, whatever. It really sucks. I don't, it don't happen how long it was going, you know, what the cause was, but she should not have to deal just because she was dating someone who was famous does not mean that she should be getting unsolicited wiener picks in her nope. DMS. And nope. also like nobody wants a dicture and nobody. Also, she shouldn't have to like when people were commenting, like calling her uh, every female slur possible, like yeah. nothing mini happened. slurs. Yeah, like it's just the internet is a horrible place. The internet is a terrible place. So, men who are probably listeners to this show, no dick pics. 
And realistically, even women who like you probably don't want any dick pics. Like That's it's true. just, it's not a really, uh, the, the phallic area of the body is not a real flattering. And, and there's probably some sort of an alliteration motto that we could have there that like phallic, not flattering, don't flaunt. I mean, that wasn't my best, but that was okay yeah. on the fly. Um, I feel bad for her, man. I feel bad. And I could see her going on The Bachelor. She's got the backstory now. And ABC kind of slurps oh. that stuff up. Yep. If she wants to, I think she's in. She has the backstory. She, it, she does have the look. And Zach Wilson, is he going to go the Tom Brady route and go international model? Or is he going to... I could see, you know, Jesse Palmer... Was on he was the bachelor. Yeah. I could see if Zach Wilson flames out of the NFL. I could see Zach Ooh. Wilson being on the bachelor. Ooh, you know, we almost had Brett Engerman as yeah. a contestant. I will lose my mind with excitement if Zach Wilson is one day the bachelor. I mean, oh, that'd be incredible. Uh so Zabby, unfortunately, is a thing of the past. Although Jessica, who did scoop this before even the New York Post. She thinks there's too much love there for this to really be the end. She thinks that they will find them themselves back together somehow, some way. I don't think so, but she does. Fine. We shall see. It, it, I don't know. I, I kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to know the story, but also it's like, no, you can't ask that or figure out what's going on. You know, well, and who are you going to ask realistically? Right. I mean, well, we can ask Lisa Wilson. She's the one. She already got us in trouble because that's how we got cut. Because she posted on Instagram and told people to go buy the Zach Mother F and Wilson shirts. Yeah, that that's really... how we got in trouble because of her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably. I, I'd like to think that their attorneys are just listeners of the show, but you're probably right. It was probably. No, Lisa's I, fault. I am still connected to his attorney on LinkedIn. She shared something. <laughs> <laughs> that's ah, uh, how funny. Um. There is news. I mean, there is actual things to talk about. I mean, it's not really news yet. Uh, there have been rumors of Jackson Dart potentially transferring to BYU for like two months now, three months now. And they got one step closer to being real when he entered the transfer portal this week. However, he did not immediately transfer to BYU. He is visiting Ole Miss in Oklahoma. I think he's at Oklahoma right now. I think he's visiting Ole Miss. Uh, today's Thursday. I think he's visiting Ole Miss tomorrow, Saturday. He'll be there. He's visiting TCU is what reports have said. I have heard, I've heard there's conversations with Georgia. He's also been in pretty consistent contact with BYU. Coach Aaron Roderick has been on, on DART for longer than anybody not named Jeff Hansen. I, I think I am the original recruiting world who's been on Jackson Dart. In fact, well, hold on. Let me think. Let me verify this before I say it. I think I created his profile on 24-7. That, that's how long I've been on Jackson Dart. That might not be true. I think it's true. I know I was the one who added all the details. I don't know if I created his profile or not. I think I did. But Aaron Roderick was the first coach to be on him. First offer, like real offer, not a, a, an Ivy League offer. 
So BYU's got a lot going for it, but the question that has been asked by many a people over the course of the last week, well, really less than that, last three days since Dart entered the portal, why? Why would BYU court Jackson Dart? Because if you get a good quarterback, you get a good quarterback, and it doesn't matter who they are or where they came from or how many you have. You can always use more good quarterbacks. Yeah, it seems, seems really simple. And I, was, I, I can't remember who said it on our, our Discord channel today, but I, I don't know where we get the idea, we being BYU fans, that somehow we have enough talent on the roster. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Right. I mean, right though, like Alabama is still recruiting, you know, like they go Alabama, Alabama, the Alabama added Henry Toto out of the transfer portal last year. This is Alabama. Like half of the first round of the NFL draft is from Alabama every year. And they went and added a transfer portal linebacker. Why? Cause he was good. They had a billion five stars filling out that depth chart that could have been really good too. But Henry Toto was very good. They knew they wanted him because he was good. And if Alabama has a mindset that, hey, we don't have enough talent. We need more talent. We need all the talent we could possibly get. Why the hell would we not try to do the same thing at BYU? It just doesn't make sense. So first and foremost, why would BYU try to get Jackson Dart because he's good and he's going to be good for a long time, right? He's got three years left. He's got a long time to be good, but even if he only had one, he's good. Now let's get a little bit more nuanced. Jaron Hall's pretty darn good too. And if you need to compare Jaron and Jackson, they're different style quarterbacks. They do things differently, but they both have an opportunity to play at BYU next year. Yeah, there's even, you know, you get multiple packages. It's likely Jaron Hall has been injured in every year that he's ever played. And he missed time in two separate spots of this season with injuries. So he has, he has only played seven consecutive games. That is his record for most consecutive games right. played without needing uh, w- w- without needing to miss a game for injury prior to the seven game streak, that streak was three. That was the, the longest that he's played. So there's a high likelihood that he is hurt next year at some point, probably multiple times based on his two years of history and his four attempts of being a starting quarterback at BYU. And that's not, we love Jaron. We bought gold chains for crying out loud. We love Jaron, but the guy gets hurt. That's just part of who he is. That's okay. Jackson Dart, if he were to come to BYU, he would have a chance to start, even if Jaron was the starter. Yeah. um, Even if he was the starter, he would get time and then he would 100% be the guy, you know, going into 2023, getting to play in the big 12, you know, even some of those schools, I guess, I don't even know. Max Duggan is going back. So at TCU, you have Max Duggan coming back. Same situation. Baylor, you got Gary Bohannon coming back. Same situation, right? So it's like these other schools that his name is tied with, there's still somebody else there. But also, you're not in people's like, oh, he's tied. You know, he's worried about a competition. It's a very different 
worried about a competition when a coach comes in and brings the starting quarterback with him. That is not there. That is not a competition. Right? No, that's not a competition. It's not fair. Like, it's like it was already lined up, ducks in a row, whatever. And if you're not afraid to compete, you just go in and compete. He didn't care, you know, that Keaton Slovis was already at USC. He didn't care that USC signed another four-star in the same class and took a transfer from Oklahoma State. Like there were three new quarterbacks in the room and he won out. And then even after Slovis was better, Dart still played the rest of the season and Slovis transferred. He went right. in and knocked out a guy that was on Heisman list yeah. as a true freshman. Yeah, he was pretty good. I mean, he's not afraid of competition, but you're spot on. Uh, Caleb, William, Caleb Williams going to USC, that's not a competition. That is, that is Lincoln Riley promising a job and, and doing everything he can to facilitate that. I, we're not going to talk about this on the show, Garrett. We're not. But I just blew Garrett's mind. Yeah. And if, if, you're, feeling, <laughs> if you're feeling a little bit of like herky-jerky transitions over the last, I don't know, two minutes of this, it's because I, I absolutely blew Garrett's mind. And I get it. Like I was pretty shell shocked myself, but the answer Garrett is I don't personally, but somebody who I trust very, very true. Even beyond that, I would say they do. Okay. That is, that is something. Yeah. So that's something. Uh, Gonzaga is something they are playing as we speak. Do you know how much we care about BYU basketball at Hell Brigham. It's the biggest game of the year, and we decided to record our podcast during the game. So here's the thing. I had it up in the background. I It was late uh, starting and on the stream. I finally got it up and going. We were winning. I started hey. watching but as we recorded. We started losing. I have turned it off, and I <laughs> seems looking on the Discord that things are going better now. Well, then you need to stay off. I'm going to log in real quick to uh, my Xfinity account. Just pull it up. Just see what's what about it. Uh, I don't expect to win. It's in the kennel, but I do have thoughts on this game. Okay. Thought me. Gonzaga fans are so soft. So soft. Why? Caleb Lohner says, oh, yeah, we all hate Gonzaga. We're really trying to get Gonzaga. This has been the talk of Spokanistan for the all week. Like, Gonzaga, look, newsflash. Everybody hates you. I do not interact. Like, I do not interact at all with any, uh, any like, other WCC fans of, like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. He's a good dude. WCC fan for Pepperdine. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't follow a single Gonzaga fan. I don't follow a single St. Mary's fan. I've never like the, my only interactions with other WCC fans have been in the Marriott center and at the conference tournament. And then at road games that I've gone to. Well, that's easy because there's not very many fans of other WCC teams, but there are fans of Gonzaga and they are upset. They are offended. Their beat writers are getting in on it of like, well, we don't think about you at all. BYU. They were booing Loner during warmups, like an hour before the game started, when Loner was just a shoot around, you know, like casually walking around and chucking up hook shots from half court. They cheered when he missed those. Like he got under their skin so much 
that they showed up early to watch BYU shoot around in order to cheer when Caleb Lohner missed shots. I don't give one shit what Gonzaga does in this game. They're probably going to win. I, they could win the entire tournament for all I care. It makes no difference to me at this point. I really yeah. don't care about Gonzaga. I have never seen a softer fan base of a team who is supposed to be a powerhouse. How soft are you if somebody says, oh, we hate Gonzaga, we really want to win, <laughs> and you lose it? That's ridiculous. I Like, you're Gonzaga. You are you run the WCC. You you your fans own season tickets to other schools in the conference <laughs> just so they can buy tickets to the conference tournament. And you're worried that your biggest or one of your two biggest rivals in the league said, Of course, we want to knock them off. But so, somebody retweeted uh into my timeline a Gonzaga fan who said, well, have fun in the big 12 BYU as if that yeah, was a, we will a put as if that was some sort of a, a dig at BYU, like the, the, the mighty, mighty WCC is the premier conference. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's my thoughts. I just got the game loaded up. It is currently 26 to 22. About nine minutes have gone by in the first half. Uh, it's now 28 to 22. Uh, here's why BYU's not going to win. They're wearing their Navy blue jerseys. Mm. And I don't like BYU basketball's jerseys just in general. I think they're a pretty bad style. But the Navy blue is the, the baddest of that style. Yeah, I can see that. It, it's... I. We just should have come out with Royal, right? Like it that's the problem. We just didn't come out with Royal. When you want to win big games, you gotta put on the more Royal. You yeah, I agree. Embrace it. I just changed the, the template, you know, the Brigham Young with the just, letters in the middle. Just so bland, right? Yeah. Mm. Like just can we not get like a cursive cougs? Yeah. You know, something like that. Like, we are the Cougars. Why are we afraid to put that on a jersey? I mean, the baseball team has their script Cougars. Why yeah. can't the baseball team have that? Yeah, I think, I, it, I think it would look great. It would look great. And we need to do it. Last, we do have uh, – oh, we do have a couple of things. So, Big Game Boomer. I want to talk about this account. I am so freaking tired. Okay, Big Game Boomer is the new Rex Chapman of Twitter. Like, 2020 was a Rex Chapman. Big Game Boomer is the Rex Chapman of 2021. Where it's just like people, everything they do, people retweet and like, oh my gosh, uh, but it's like, no one care. I don't care. Into Big Game Boomer, there's still people that do not realize that it's just somebody shit Just a guy. Like it, it, it's a nobody. And they're like, this is the ranking, this best thing of whatever. And it's like, they're just doing it to make them mad. And it's, you can tell, speaking of soft fans, mm-hmm. Utah fans are soft as hell. <laughs> He takes a dig at them and they still lose it. Like they still every every single time, like, why well, you always have to get us? Why you know you don't even know what you're talking about? And it's like it's a satire account, and you fall for it hook, line, and sinker every single damn time. Every time. And here's what frustrates me about big game boomer. I have seen uh, I'm just scrolling through his Twitter account right now. He's got the official Dayton basketball. That retweeted him an hour ago. 
the official BYU accounts retweet him fairly regularly. Uh, I saw an assistant coach at Weber State, Maddie IU, using some big game boomer thing to congratulate his friend who made the list, a coach at some other school. Uh, it is uh, it is Al Lapuaho, who is Ului Lapuaho's older brother. And there you go. I think Louis is a listener of the show occasionally. Ah, well, welcome, Louis. What I what I can't understand is why these official school accounts are retweeting Big Game Boomer. It's just some dude, and we proved it right. Like the the guy found the cheat code on the internet, like on Twitter, because we did this on the on the Give Him Hell Brigham account. Uh, Jake Welch, contributor over at uh, 24-7 for us, does a great job. He put together some pictures for us. Uh, it's been a few months, but he put together some pictures for us, and it was basically some graphs. One of them was fans most likely to think vaccines contain a tracking chip. And he did the graph, like or, or, like it's the map of the United States, like everybody does. And he put the logos of the schools that, that think the vaccines have a tracking chip. Dixie State, appropriately, was 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 the winner for Utah. That was one of our most liked tweets that we've ever had on the Give Em Hell Brigham Twitter account. Uh, he had another one, same idea with the map. Colleges with the least amount of toilet seat covers. The University of Utah was appropriately, appropriately the winner in the state of Utah. Um, Boise State was the winner. We've talked about Boise State's porta potty land at the bottom of Albertson Stadium before. So that actually is, is accurate. One of our most liked tweets that we've ever had on our Twitter account. These are just BS lists that have been made up out of nothing. Meanwhile, our tweet from, this was almost a year ago, when you realized that the shocker of Wichita State looks like Gordon Ramsay, that didn't go viral at all. Like that's we premium. Gotta, we got to bring that one back. We have a few more followers now. I totally forgot about that. That was a freaking gem. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'll retweet it right now. Guys, it's the off season. I mean, if you can't tell we're here, like, I think we need to start bringing back like quarantine kitchen because we're digging deep. Like we're digging deep and it's only January. It, it, we're digging deep. It is January. Um, Jeff, though, we did have one last thing that I'm going to put up BYU's ranking for next year. What do you yes. do? You think BYU will be ranked in the preseason? I think they will be ranked. I think they will be ranked in the low 20s. Yeah. Like say, 23. Yeah. Right in there is where I think. And, and it's, I mean, you're bringing everybody back. Obviously, we don't lose. I mean, obviously, losing Tyler Algier is big, right? Losing, mm-hmm. losing Neil Powell, I don't think is that big because I think Keanu Hill is going to fill in and play very similarly. And Chase um, Roberts, man, he's not nobody. You have Chase Roberts. You got, you know, Braden Cosper should be back. It, it, there's, Body, we possibly are looking at adding Cody Hagen. Like receivers, those are fine, right? Running backs, we got Brooks. We got, you know, we got, he's like, we have bodies there. A couple guys that need to take the next step, obviously, but talent is there. And with how good the offensive line is going to be, I have zero doubt at all, especially with the quarterback coming back. 
zero doubt at all about the offensive performance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Unless Jaron Hall gets hurt and it comes to either Jacob Conover or Cade Finnegan, because then it is a shot in the dark. Are they going to be the Baylor Romney backup or is the whole season going to fall apart? Uh, but, you know, it's that is the mystery. And we didn't have that of- word this year because we knew if Hall got hurt, we were fine with Romney. We right. don't have that luxury anymore. I kind of feel bad for uh, Sol J that he's just sort of the forgotten man, but like he's QB four. Yeah, um, I like Sol J, but he's QB four. Yeah, and so the defense. See who did? I'm trying to think of who do we even off the top of my head thinking of people who we lose. Everybody's back. No, legitimately, eleven out of eleven starters. You're eleven out of eleven starters. So, was the defense the best this year? No. Were they good this year? No. Were they <laughs> average this year? They, were they middle of the road in just about everything this year? Yes. With everyone coming back, does that mean they should be good next year? Also, yes. Like returning experience and games played is one of the biggest indicators of success in college football. And, you know, if you have teams like Bama where you're reloading with five-star guys every year, Obviously, that doesn't matter. But other teams, when your programs, you have your ebbs and flows. And when you, you know, you have a good class of guys that get thrown into it early and you take your lumps and then you ride it out and then you have a good, you know, you have a really good season like that. You know, the 2006 BYU team, great example, right? The guys Mm -hmm. came in 2004. You had John Beck starting as a freshman right off his mission. Not 2003, 2004, he's starting as a sophomore, taking his lumps. You go, by the time you put it together as a senior, like you cannot look at players today and be like, they will not cut it next year. Obviously they have to take, you know, you want to always be improving your talent. Players have to be developed and take that next step. But that it playing games means something, right? Yeah. That experience matters. Here's another reason why I don't want to say I'm high on the BYU defense, but higher than the general consensus. You look at the schedule next year, and I don't think they've officially said this is the schedule, but we know, right? We know what it is. It's some order. Uh, there might be a, a, a date that's off, maybe a, a Friday game versus a Saturday game or whatever, but by and large, we know the schedule. USF is still rebuilding, though they picked up a million transfers, so maybe they're a different team. But USF still rebuilding, not a super dynamic team. Baylor is very good. That's going to be a tough game. Week two at Provo. No, no two ways about it. That's a tough game. At Oregon. Um, I guess if you're a believer in Bo Nix, that offense is maybe a little bit of, like a little scary. But they've lost a lot of talent in that. that like all of their running backs are gone. They, they have a pretty decent offensive line, but they lost a few to graduation. They have a new coaching staff, a new like all the way a new coaching staff. That's a different offense. That's a different Oregon team. Who knows what they're going to be? Week four, Wyoming, like BYU's chances. Utah State is one of the scarier games on the, on the 22 schedule. It's in Provo. That helps. But that's one of the scarier games. They, they got better this offseason. They got better this offseason, and they also return a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they return a lot of people. They won 11 games this year. Finished yeah. right. That's a team that, that you got to watch out for. Notre Dame, I don't think they got better. 
Notre Dame and Las Vegas, they've got a new coaching staff. They were able to retain Tommy Reese, who I think he tries to go by Tom Reese now. Like this is the, the okay. grown up version. I'm older. Yeah. yeah. The mature version of Tommy. I think he is Tom now, but like the, their offense has never been crazy good. Right. And so I'm not super concerned about Notre Dame's offense going for 80 points. Arkansas, same thing. Good team. And I think they're better this year. They, they lost Traylon Brooks, like their elite, incredible wide receiver. So I think they got worse on offense, but even if they didn't, they're not an offense. that's going to go and score 70 points. Like they're a, a pro style ball control type offense. Liberty, you know, they are what they are. East Carolina. We know a lot about Boise state Dixie and then Stanford. None of the offenses that BYU plays with the exception of Baylor is like an elite go score 40 points a game type offense. Right. And so <laughs> it sucks that that's like one of the reasons I feel okay er about the defense because they don't play any elite offenses. But that is one of the reasons that I feel better about the, uh, the BYU defense than a lot of people. Because, yeah, like I don't see anybody who's going to absolutely run away from BYU. Also, Gonzaga is running away from BYU. What was it when we turned this on? It's 26 22 when we turned it on. It's now 41 to 25. So just point this out. You turned it on. They, we, yep. you and I were while watching, we were hanging with them just like I did. You turned it on. They started losing. It's off. You didn't turn it off. It's off. Well, well I wasn't that watching. That on you. That I'm, runs I, on you. I'll take it because it doesn't matter. It's basketball. But in fairness, I was reading the schedule, not watching the game. Fair enough. But it was on in the background. and I'll, I'll take it. Like, sure, fine. I lost the basketball game. Woo. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't – I don't – there were a lot of games, like, we also have to look at – like, BYU was a very lucky team this year, right? We don't just oh, talk yeah. about, like, the Tyler Algier, like, the Thor hammer against Arizona State. We were a lucky play, had a lot of close games where things very easily could have flipped the other way, and it really was the difference between games, like, you know, this year versus what we've seen in prior seasons, like in 2016. Well, 2016, we ended up 9-4, and four, but easily a couple scores away could have ended up 11-2. and two. You know, one score losses. Same thing. Twenty nineteen had a couple ones, a few one score losses that flipped away. And this season was great. It was a lot of fun. Ultimately, wins that matter. But the win is the output in those inputs. You know, there were a lot of things that need to be improved, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And so the offenses. I don't think we're going to see many offensive juggernauts next year. But I still think we're looking at the. Anywhere between seven and 11 wins, nothing would surprise me. The final number after the bowl game is probably nine. That you know, that's kind of what we're looking at is like eight and five, nine and four, 10 and three. It's probably going to be somewhere in there because the program has developed and is built back to where it is a consistently stable program. And that's what you get when you have a program like that is you end up somewhere between seven and 10 wins. Usually it's eight or nine when it's double digits, you get really happy every other year. You're mad that you can't get over the hump and then you complain about it until the next year. And then you're happy again until the end of the season, when you look back and you're mad, you can't get over the hump. Right. And so, yep. I think you're right. I, I think nine wins is probably the most realistic expectation. I think 10 wins is what BYU fans are going to hope for with Jaron coming back and, you know, most of that, that offense is coming back. Realistically, they only lost Pau and Algier 
and empty, I guess, but he was hurt for a good chunk of the season anyway. Uh, so there's a ton of experience coming back. So I think 10 wins should be the minimum of hope. Nine wins is probably the most realistic. Could they get to 12? You know, sure. But could they also win seven? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're, you're spot on. Yeah. So Jeff, do you have any other parting thoughts for us on this? I do. It's been a long week. I don't know what work was like for you this week, but it's been. I accidentally scheduled tomorrow off. Like I was going to go on a vacation and then the vacation didn't happen and I never canceled the PTO. Oh, nice. And so it was just kind of like a happy accident of like, oh, sure. I'll have a a nice four day weekend with, with Martin Luther King Day next week. Right. But that just makes your weeks longer. Four day weeks are always feel longer. But I do have a thought. You get a brand new t-shirt. Okay. I don't know what size you are. Let's say you're an extra large. You get a brand new t-shirt. And you wear it. It fits perfectly. Okay? You with me? Okay, I'm with you. You get it dirty, and you wash it. You pull it out of the washer. Do you throw that shirt in the dryer, or are you a hang dryer? Hmm. Um, it depends on the shirt. Is like if you have, like I've got a couple of Nike dry fit shirts that have mm-hmm. like so the the print that they have on them is like a it's like a vinyl yeah thing so those will melt and like crack if you dry them too much like I I have dried my UCF 2017 national champions shirt a little a couple times too many in the last four years mm-hmm. um, but for the most part I throw it in the dryer I never. Dry tumble, shirt. Tumble dry low, baby. Dude, I never, never, none of my shirts have ever touched a dryer. Interesting. Not one. And people think it's weird. I get it. But I have. But do you just hang all your shirts in the closet? So you just hang them up and then they dry in the closet? Or do you uh, I have hooks. Dryer? Like I have actual like hooks that we set up and put in the laundry room. And I hang them in the laundry room until they're dry. And then I go put them in my closet. I have a huge closet. It's one of the most ridiculous things of my house. My house is pretty practical, this new house that I live in, but the closet is enormous. Like it's the size of almost my kid's bedroom. It's a, it's a giant closet. And I fill most of it up by myself. I have a lot of clothes, which is I, I weird. Know, I know you have a lot of clothes because I think if people want to know what our store looks like yeah. and where most of the designs come from, it's because Jeff wants a shirt that says that. So he just basically, Jeff wants a shirt for himself. Yeah. So he's like, well, if I make designing this, I might as well put it up for sale. Correct. That's where 90% of the given helper go. Absolutely correct. Where it has come from. And that makes up maybe four to 7% of my, my total closet. Bro, I got a lot of clothes. I like clothes. You don't know this. You about work me. from home. Well, okay. How many shirts? I know you work from home, so you put shirts on. But tell me, it's got to be mostly shirts because I know you ain't wearing pants because you're working from home. Like it's not anymore. No, uh, I I, I, I used Ford's to have polo. Is the that is the ultimate flex? <laughs> well, and I don't wear a polo anymore because I don't care anymore. Like I am sweats and a t-shirt every day. But. I do like style and I have a weird style. Like I'm not going to end up at GQ, but like, you're going to look at me and you're going to go, Oh, like you clearly know what you're doing. And I see things that speak to me 
and I have to have them. I just, I, I have to, it's compulsive. I have to have them. And so I get them. So I have an, an, or, an inordinate amount of shirts. Uh, uh, yeah. So you've seen all those, give them hell, Brigham. That that's four to 7% of my closet. That's, I don't even want to know why you have. I got a lot. Uh, the home field shirts. I, I tend to sleep in those just because they're so soft and I'd actually like to wear them out on the that, town. You have $50 pajamas. Um, but if you order them through their subscription that comes out for their big new Saturdays, they're 20 bucks. Oh, I didn't even know they did a subscription. Oh, they're actually launching another one home field, not a sponsor, but a great brand. They are launching another big new Saturday uh, round, I think next week. So you could get in on it. And what they do is they release a new collection of a previously unre- unreleased school. And one of those is the shirt of the week. You select your size, and then they send you that shirt every week for the duration of their big new Saturday run. Mm-hmm. So in the offseason before football season, uh, I think they did like 15 weeks. So I've got shirts from like Iowa and Minnesota, Georgia, a bunch. They did a ton. This is a smaller condensed one that starts next week. It's basketball. I think they said the school that they're releasing is Cincinnati. Kind of excited about it, but I got – all kinds of home field shirts and, and at 20 bucks it's easier to swallow because they are expensive when you don't have some sort of a deal yeah i don't think i they do have some byu stuff but i haven't bought any of it it's There's a couple that i like i'm like i would tweak like a few things i have my only issue and this is why they become pajamas they are athletic fit and so they run a little bit small and that's okay, but they don't have really fat guy sizes unless you do the big new Saturday. Then they release them all in, in, in all the sizes. Mm. But other than that, like you can only get the fat guy sizes in gray shirts, and it's kind of lame. So that leaves me with one BYU shirt, and it's just the Cougar script. I do like that script, though. That's what needs to be on the basketball jersey. Yeah, something like that. It's been a good show, man. I mean, it's been a it's been a rambly show, but that's, That's what we're here for. That's our brand. Okay. It is. It is. Like we we broke the Zabby news, and that felt perfectly on brand for us. Yeah. It, it it did feel on brand for us. And it it just we spent way too much time talking about it. I I gotta mm. I gotta find some more digging. I hope she comes back and she doesn't, you know, doesn't feel like everyone is. No, I'm, you know, and, and quite frankly, I think I'm team Abby in all of this. I'm a I big Zach Wilson fan. I, I have no I clue am. what happened, but just because one of them is super rich, famous celebrity has a ton of money. And the other one is, you know, cute blonde girl from, from Utah. Well, cute blonde girl from Utah who had to delete her Instagram account because people because were of monsters her. and the rich, famous kid everyone is just like nobody even bats an eye no one says anything to her no yeah. so i'm i'm Dude, team abby. zach wilson pictures of their wieners well we don't know i mean i know you probably have but whatever i actually did dm zach wilson this week did you ask him for a quote about zabby <laughs> i should have no i asked if he wanted to uh come onto the podcast really what i was doing is i i, I zach and i used to talk on twitter this was pre his BYU days when he was still a recruit. I wanted to see if he still paid attention to me. Oh, okay. He doesn't. He didn't respond. Oh. 
I did the same. I did the same test with Tyler Algier this week, who still follows me, and he he didn't respond either. Um, you can't so. forget where he came from, man. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I thought. You know, it was a reach with Zach. He did try to sue us. So yeah, that's true. Jeff, it has been a good episode, and until next week, give him hell. Give him hell.